Welcome to Over the Barricade. It's yet another wrestling podcast. My name is Lee Brando, and I'm joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Ryan. Although, you're more like the main host, and I'm more like the co-host. It's been about six months. We're going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to go around the world of wrestling in 80 seconds, or less. Hey, Ryan, you got the stopwatch ready? I do. All right. Let's uh let's try this and see how horribly bad it ends in a fiery great ball of fire. Actually, that was a pretty good pay-per-view. Anyway, we're going to start the stopwatch here. 3 2 1 All right, let's start down at GFW. Sports Illustrated is reporting that Anthem may want out of the wrestling business, although Anthem seems to be making plans to move the center of operations to Canada and start an over-the-top streaming service akin to New Japan World or the WWE Network. Jeff Jarrett is out. He's on an indefinite leave of absence following a not-so-great showing at AAA's Triple Mania. Speaking of which, more controversy coming out of AAA with Sexy Star popping Rosemary Mary's arm out of socket with a seemingly legitimate arm bar facing major backlash from wrestlers such as Cody Rhodes and uh, Road Dog. Jumping over to New Japan, Kenny Omega out of most of the tour of destruction uh, with a meniscal tear. Now, this is an old injury. It's nothing new, but he's going to take 18 days off and miss most of of the tournament jumping over to pwg they had their annual three-day tournament bola battle of los angeles ricochet defeats jeff cobb and keith lee in the finals to become the first ever two-time winner he uh, sets his sight on chuck taylor's pwg world title before quote moving on to bigger and better things rick flair's feeling better james ellsworth kisses carmella and that's 80 seconds now uh we're going to dive deeper into some of those topics, but did anything catch your interest there, Ryan, that you wanted to go into? Or you got anything on your mind this week? I was just watching vocal levels the entire time to make sure it wasn't breaking. So, Did sure. we break it? Um, you were suddenly a lot louder than you were when we did sound check, and I was trying to fix it the whole time. I like to uh, throw Ryan for a curveball every now and again. So our audio is probably going to be a little weird for this one because I've been trying to figure out how to make this balanced the entire time. That's okay. It could be worse. I could be uh, traveling with the wind of a truck behind me. Are you sure you weren't just being chased by Optimus Prime or something? I was. It was a foot race and I won. So how impressive is that? You outraced a, a, a alien pickup truck. How'd you, uh, how'd you feel, by the way, about our opening segment? I was thinking we spend uh, a bulk of the time on WWE, which, you know, is the largest professional wrestling company in the world. I thought it would be nice to kind of hit some highlights from around the globe and maybe uh, dive back into them during the episode. Well, we try and do that. The problem is, is that when you have an overpowering network where you're on television, as much as... 15 hours in a week sometimes it, a lot more it's a pretty solid part-time job to, true. to watch that stuff and to keep up with everything uh especially with a lot of the newsworthy things that have happened and it when has you, been a newsworthy week um, did you mention that adam cole debuted and was on nxt for the first time i didn't mention it but we should mention that adam cole did in fact debut uh he debuted also at had... takeover we talked about it last week but we did not discuss the fact that he showed up, and apparently their whole MO is we're going to beat up everybody that didn't come from Ring of Honor. Yeah, he uh, sided himself with Kyle O'Reilly and um, and Bobby Fish and Bobby Fish in a seemingly ROH inspired faction, uh, which I guess it's prime time for an NXT. Could happen in WWE also uh, on the main roster. They they've got enough X talent from there. Uh, but if it catches on, I could see it being a cool thing. Like, imagine if you had the likes of Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe join, uh, possibly AJ Styles even. Um, you could really get the thing going. The only thing is, like, what do you call it? Uh, I can tell you what they're going to call it. They're going to call it Honor Club. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know that Vince has thought about it. It's. I guess it has to have Honor in the title, right? The Honorable Bunch. 
maybe uh, Death Before Dishonor take the uh, take the pay per view name. Right I don't think them. you can do that. I'm you pretty can't? sure they own the trademark to that. Well, who knows? If Ring of Honor was foolish enough to let that trademark slip, they deserve whatever's coming to them. Hey, they're doing great. They are doing great. They deserve they deserve all the praise and accolades they they can be heaped upon them. But the simple fact of the matter is, if you let that go and WWE takes it, you're foolish. Yeah, that's true. Well, Adam Cole has entered NXT, but we have two notable farewells uh, airing on television this week. Of course, we have Bobby Roode, who uh, is already on the SmackDown main roster. and then um, Wasn't on SmackDown this week, though. I know, even though it was advertised, correct? It was advertised the the They had a they had a vignette welcoming. for him. They had a vignette for him. They so they advertised a vignette. Okay, that's fine. Well, no, they they might have advertised him, but a vignette is what we got. And uh of course, you know, major news out of NXT um formally Asuka has handed over the NXT Women's Championship ending a um 523 day reign undefeated and um will be recuperating from a collarbone fracture and according to william regal he is negotiating with raw and smackdown as to where she's going to re-debut looks like raw at this point from everything i've read and heard um the begs the question though what's next for the wwe nxt women's championship I think it came out and hugged Asuka. It's got to be Ember Moon, doesn't it? Well, a lot of people are thinking that possibly it's going to tie in to the finals of the Mae Young Classic that aired this Tuesday following SmackDown. Uh, some people think that it's going to be surprise at the beginning of that show. Triple H is going to come out and say the winner of the finals becomes the new NXT Women's Championship or Champion. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know if that would be great, but I would like to see the winner of that go against Ember Moon for the championship. Have you watched the Mae Young Classic yet? I have seen very little. I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen pretty much everything, ironically, that uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, Carrie Hojo Saint. What what is it? Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane. have have done and and of course that is going to be the finals spoiler alert spoiler alert if in case you were binge watching i'm glad i binge watched on monday when i had a day off thanks labor day i was doing other things on labor day and did not get to binge watch i really was not a fan of this release either release it all and let me watch it at my leisure or release it week by week leading up to a finale don't release all of it but the finale and give me a very small time frame to binge it well i think the actual issue here is they uh, there that that is certainly part of it however the thing that sets this apart from the cruiserweight classic the action in the ring was very good it was different from the cruiserweight classic it wasn't as fast paced but there were some really good quality matches that have come out of this tournament uh kairi sane was in two of them (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, she she's MVP for this tournament, whether she wins or not. Um, and Ronda Rousey is MVP for Shayna Baszler uh, at this point because I'm pretty sure that's most of the reason she's going to be, or that most of the reason she's in the finals, and would be a large part of the reason she'd win um, because they're getting a lot of that free Ronda Rousey run on uh, on the network, which we know the WWE loves. However. I think the issue here is that with the Cruiserweight Classic, we had week after week of build and anticipation to the final. Even when we didn't necessarily get the final we wanted, which was actually Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Kota Ibushi, we ended up getting their two opponents in Grand Metalik and TJ Perkins. Mm -hmm. That final still ended up being really good overall. And the reveal that it was for the new championship ended up being really good overall. So the presentation was great, and the build was great. They mimicked the presentation in a lot of ways. However, not the release, like you said. Instead of week to week, we're getting it all at once, this Netflix-style release strategy, which... Well, I don't think it's actually Netflix-style. I think it's unfair to say that, because Netflix would never release 
10 episodes of House of Cards and then say you have to watch it in five days because the finale is going to air live. And if you don't watch it before then, everything is going to be spoiled for you. It just doesn't... It's not Netflix's style. What it is is WWE's style. They took something that worked and then they tried to do it again, but this time they tried to cut out the middleman and rush the finish. It's what they've done with everything. It's what they're doing with Roman Reigns and John Cena. Imagine how great this feud could be. It's great now, but imagine how much greater it could be if they drug it out to WrestleMania and really had the thing get really hot. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, we'll see following SmackDown live. It's a it's a super loaded SmackDown next Tuesday. I'm assuming this is for two reasons. One, to obviously build towards the May Young Classic finale to try to retain as many viewers as possible. And two, because the next SmackDown pay-per-view isn't for four weeks, maybe five weeks, uh, until Hell in the Cell. We already have the main event. We know it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE title. Shinsuke, of course, had a great match with Randy Orton this last Tuesday. Um, but yeah, we not only do we have uh, that coming up, we have Vince McMahon returning to television since the day after WrestleMania, uh, returning to SmackDown to address the Shane McMahon-Kevin Owens storyline. We have a tag team title street fight between the Usos and the New Day. We have Natalya putting the SmackDown women's title on the line against Naomi. And also Ty Gillinger challenging for the U.S. title against AJ Styles. So they've really loaded it up. They're calling it uh, Sin City Smackdown because it's in Las Vegas. And it's all leading into the May Young Classic final. So, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of people say because next Monday is the first Monday night football of the season. Next week, Smackdown stands a real chance of beating Raw in the ratings. It was already up five percent this week from last week while raw was down 12 percent of course it was labor day um but smackdown already retained 89 percent of raw's viewers so that extra 10 percent could be the difference and smackdown could win the you know albeit fabricated ratings war raw really got the short end of the stick on this year's uh run of shows labor day is always on a monday sure mm-hmm. monday night football is always going to be a problem Sure. And then the other thing that was obviously announced this week was Raw is going to be live on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Yeah, this is interesting. Apparently, it wasn't WWE's decision. It was pressure put on them by USA Network to do live shows these days. The first um, the first live new year's maybe the only live new year's day raw was in 2007 and i don't think there's ever been a live show on christmas day so yeah it's gonna probably suck for a lot of the talent um but this is what usa wants i don't know if it'll do a good rating or not i mean everyone's gonna be home so maybe but i don't know it's hard it's hard to say they will be going up Christmas Day. They'll be going up against whatever the Christmas primetime basketball game is. Yeah. Because uh, the NBA has largely staked claim to Christmas Day. Uh, New Year's Day is normally a, if it doesn't land on a Sunday, it is a college football and uh, NHL holiday. Although I say NHL a little bit loosely in that regards because their winter classic is normally on New Year's Day. And college football plays the Rose Bowl uh, some of their bowl game, other bowl games also land on New Year's Day. So the one thing that's going to hurt WWE programming that particular day is it's not exactly open. It is ripe with competition. competition. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm assuming it's an experiment by USA Network, and we'll see if it works or not. Uh, former referee Jimmy Corderas, who used to be a SmackDown referee, I remember him very well. Mm-hmm. He, uh, of course, chimed in on this, as many, many people did. He mentioned that he we shouldn't be so upset at the WWE or anybody else for this because those performers understand that they work holidays, and yeah. that's the job. That's what they do. And he didn't understand why there was such backlash because at the end of the day, all of them signed up for it, and all of them know they're missing holidays, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, maybe if they knew it a, a long time ahead of time, 
it'd be easier, but it's like at this point, some people, especially if you know you're having this period of time off, have probably already made plans or thought about plans to do. And, you know, even though it's only September, you know, a lot of them probably already had an idea of what they were going to do. And now they've got to go to work, you know, but I, I see what Jimmy Corderas is saying. Um, somebody that won't be working that often, JBL. Let's uh, let's dive into that, shall we? You know, we you said that we talk a lot of WWE at the beginning and that we were going to open our open our horizons a little bit and talk about some other things but we've done nothing but talk about wwe and our favorite indie nxt nxt since the start of the show well i have just a few more notes i mean i don't know what you want to talk about but i have got a lot of notes from <laughs> around the world i'm not necessarily complaining i'm just i'm pointing out what somebody well, listening tried, would probably I, do i tried to dedicate the you know opening rapid fire bit to around the world and then we can talk about wwe for a little bit jump back into the around the world stuff um so so jbl is gone mostly mostly. (laughs) (laughs) yes he he will be doing some odd uh i'm assuming pay-per-view events like i guess kind of how they bring jr in every now and again um i believe he's going to be on like some kickoff panels i think he'll be kickoff panel for wrestlemania but uh, Corey Graves is going to be full-time Raw and SmackDown commentator. Permanently? Permanently. Because um, I saw that. Well, maybe I not seen... permanent permanently. Well, but obviously, now. nobody's permanent in this business. But Besides Michael Cole. Besides Mike. Well, even he's not permanent. Eventually, yeah. he will be replaced. It's going to be in like 50 years, but eventually, he will be replaced. He will be replaced by Michael Cole Android. That sounds exactly like him. <laughs> For the love of mankind. Um, oh, so terrible. Thanks, Michael Cole. So, uh, moving on from that, how about, I don't know if you mentioned this in your opener, how about the most recent WWE signing? Joining I, Leo Rush. I didn't mention it, but I do have it noted here. Donovan uh, Dijak. Yep, Donovan Dijak, who was just at Bola, uh, it was his de facto send-off, um, will be reporting down to the Performance Center. Donovan Dijak, six foot seven, by the way, yep. and it's really unfortunate because the first time I heard of Donovan Dijak was actually earlier this year. Uh, I don't—he just wasn't a name that had popped up on my radar. He's one of those guys that does a lot of independent work, but didn't—he wasn't always in Ring of Honor or New Japan. He wasn't in some of the bigger—he wasn't permanent, like a big fixture in any of those types of places. At least not in the last two years when they were in their boom period. Um, yeah. Not that I've seen. Now, this is this is all to say I have seen Donovan Dijak matches now, and he is super talented, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. However, my whole point in that was that the first time I had really seen Donovan Dijak, was, other than the fact he has one of the coolest names, and they're going to change it, and it's going to make me sad, <laughs> Um is when Cody Rhodes got him with an unprotected chair shot to the head earlier this year, and the internet lost its collective mind. Yeah, um, that was a big moment for him, sure. Uh, I, I I think that was a big moment for Cody. Yeah. More than it was for Ty Jack, who took it like a champ and has done very well for himself. Although, to, if you listen to him when he was winding down his dates, it almost sounded like he was retiring. When in actuality, he was clearly going to WWE. Well, there's this thing now um, for Ring of Honor guys where it's not that Ring of Honor is necessarily stifling their careers, but there's a weird legal thing where it's it's just easier for them to take a good three months off of, of doing Ring of Honor or of doing a lot of other wrestling before they get into the WWE you saw this with Adam Cole, you know, people, baby. yeah, Adam Cole, baby, where is he? Um, and in a lot of uh, the same fashion, uh, Donovan Dijak went through this. Of course, he appeared here and there, um, but certainly I remember when he announced that he was leaving Ring of Honor uh, a few months back. Um, I saw him late last year. I was on a Beyond show uh like a little fight club type beyond show um and he was there and he teamed with mikey webb 
I think their tag team is the American Destroyers, and they were they were awesome, you know. Um, so, and to me, it didn't look like he was slowing down. So, put two and two together. He's not slowing down, but he's stopping Indies. Where is he going to go? It's pretty obvious. Um, he's a guy that Vince McMahon would probably love. He's you know big, tall dude, good look. Um, yeah, so I think he's going to do well. But then again, it's. You never know. I mean, Cassius Ono is just now doing something on NXT since he got brought back, and uh, he beat Hideo Itami in an ODQ match. I don't with know a, if that's good for with Cassius with, Ono or bad for Hideo. With a low blow that Yano would be jealous of, from what yes. I saw. that I can't take credit for that. I saw that on Twitter, and it was fantastic. And <laughs> it was so wonderful watching that match and seeing him rear up and... I never thought I'd enjoy a low blow so much. Um, <laughs> That's not something people say a lot. Not normally. Thanks for thanks for the wrestling industry because we can say those kind of statements and it doesn't seem so out of context or strange. Um, the other point here is Donovan Dijak just on the measurables, not on his ability or his style, his character, anything along those lines. I'm not making that comparison. My comparison is strictly... Things we should be nervous about. He reminds me of somebody that has been in WWE now for a good while, and that's Cesaro. Mm. When he came off the indie scene and worked his way into WWE, got a good push right off the start, but they didn't seem to know what to do with him. And he's gone through a lot of iterations of himself, and he's never, he's never quite filled that potential that it looked like he had did Cesaro and he's in a great spot now I think he's him teaming with Sheamus has actually been perfect for him gets him on the show every week he looks fantastic the two of them have great chemistry however I see I I fear the same thing for Donovan Dijak I see where they bring him in they give him kind of a mini push people don't immediately start like losing their minds over him and then they're like well what do we do the one difference is that NXT is now the thing that it is, and I think Dijak will benefit greatly from it if he doesn't become a la Roderick Strong, who is seemingly now getting lost in the shuffle. He could get lost in the shuffle, especially since there are a few bigger guys in NXT, and certainly on the main roster. But he... I think what it comes down to is... He's got to differentiate himself. He can't do what the high-flying guys are doing, and he can't do what the big guys are doing. He's got to kind of find a happy medium. Maybe a good fit is kind of as the muscle in this Ring of Honor stable that they're building. I don't know how fast they're going to put him on NXT television, um, but we'll see, you know. He, he could also totally reinvent himself. I mean, look at the Velveteen Dream. That wasn't his gimmick when he was kind of in a similar position on the indies as Dijak is. And, you know, it's worked out for him. So it's, it's way too early to tell. They just announced it. I think that maybe they'll have him do something. But I don't know if he is as popular as some of the other indie guys that have come in that have gotten huge reactions Maybe he will with the NXT crowd, um, but I I just don't know. It's 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 definitely up in the air. But I think that if he just stays original, he'll be fine. He and one other recent independent signing by the WWE might be. They're very different stories and very different cases, but I think the NXT crowd will go a long way in figuring out how they go. And that's Leo Rush, who is a much different character. Leo Rush, if I remember correctly, is 24, 25. He's not very old. Maybe even younger than that. He's pretty young, and but he's a much smaller guy. Leo Rush is mm-hmm. not very is not a very big guy at all, but he's super talented. And honestly, a guy who, with the right push, could breathe a lot of immediate life into the Cruiserweight division or be kind of a very interesting character in NXT. Uh, also, you know, I'll kind of always pull for Leo Rush because he's a local guy in in our uh, experience. Yeah, well, I mean, seeing as the current cruiserweight division championship match is Neville versus Enzo Amore, they could use a shot in the arm. 
They've lost Austin Aries. That was a big loss. Um, so we'll see what happens. And of course, you know, one of the last notes about NXT, uh, due to Hurricane Irma, we're going to have a lot of NXT events canceled slash postponed until a later date. Uh, nobody knows what's going to happen exactly with this hurricane, but it could be devastating. I mean, WWE has put a lot, a lot of infrastructure with the Performance Center NXT down in Florida. And if it gets wiped out or heavily damaged or the surrounding area, you know, takes a big loss and they lose their crowds because of it, it's going to be it's going to be pretty bad. From well, the one thing with the forecasts that had been shown and where Orlando lies being pretty much the dead center of Florida, it actually might be in a really good place as far as being able to avoid the worst of that. Although it is going to get a lot of rain regardless. Yeah. Um, but we certainly, um, as a sidebar, certainly hope anybody that might be listening in Florida is uh, stays safe because that is not a good place to be right now. Well. You know, if you do want to jump over, speaking of another company in Florida currently, uh, GFW, not a great time for GFW. When has it really ever been a great time for GFW, though? It's never really been a great time, but now it's a really bad time. Wow, Um, they got in bed with TNA and merged them together, and oh, snap, look what happened. Yeah, so like I said in the beginning, you know, Anthem... There's rumors of it wanting to sell, but then again, there's not a lot of bites. Um, I can mu- tell you who would buy them in a heartbeat at a really low price. Well, <laughs> if the price is low, you know. I could I could tell you there's somebody in Stamford, Connecticut, who would probably love their library. Well, and along with that, they would get the Broken Universe stuff. So, Not to mention a lot of decent talent. A lot there's of decent... Some, there's yeah. some good talent that's in GFW right now Yeah, um, that wwe would love to get their hands on now the question is is how are those contracts in such a way where they could buy it and then well i think they they also get the talent or would they only get essentially only be buying the library i think they would probably i think it could go a lot of ways if they bought the whole company they would get everything but the contracts they would still have to negotiate that's what happened with wcw uh, I think they're just interested solely in the library and probably the rights to certain gimmicks. Um, but basically what's going on is uh, Jeff Jarrett was in control of the wrestling side of things. He showed up at Triple Mania um, on August 26th, out of shape, um, stumbling, and the one of the higher-ups of Anthem was in the crowd, made the decision to put Jeff Jarrett on leave. Um, now, with that, there this this changes a lot more than just, just Jeff Jarrett leaving because Jeff Jarrett had brought in a lot of his friends on basically handshake deals. Uh, Dutch Mantel, Jim Cornette, obviously Karen Jarrett, and Bruce Pritchard were all kind of Jeff Jarrett's people. And Jim Cornette specifically was just debuted with them yeah and and, just went on television and they're all very vital to the storylines currently that are being shown on tv and have already been taped the next tapings are in november i believe and who's in charge now of that is scott diamore sanjay dutt and the ever heated john gaborik um john gaborik was in charge of creative when Dixie Carter was around and there was a lot of heat on him for how he handled things. So this is certainly a tumultuous time. Um, They could be losing some wrestlers. I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, but one or two people have already left the company. Um, You know, so it's, it's hard to say what goes from here. They have, I think another year on their pop TV deal, but they're, they're really not making a ton of money. They said something about starting a streaming service. I just don't see how that would be successful. Given how much money the WWE has lost on this venture, yeah, with the reach that it's had, and who knows what New Japan's numbers are. I don't know if those are public. I don't know if we can find those, but... I, I think I don't they're know. in the tens of thousands, and... And I don't know if they've had the financial investment, because... They never really had the pay-per-view market no. that WWE lost. 
So WWE lost more than it gained with the network. The issue with Impact, and I had to keep myself from saying TNA, <laughs> the issue with GFW slash Impact is I don't know how you would do that. How would you set that up, and is there even an interest? Because I can tell you right now, I really don't see how they would ever have the interest like New Japan has. And that's what they'd have to at least hope for. I honestly think they're just spitting in the wind trying to hope something doesn't hit them in the face. Yeah, I think it would be a massive failure if they did it. And also, it's it, and it's really just because their fan base isn't that hardcore. Nobody's favorite company is GFW. I, I strongly believe that. There might be one guy. Well, maybe, but I think there's... Jeff if, Jarrett, but other than that. <laughs> if you had a pie chart of most popular... <laughs> wrestling companies i think a big chunk would you know per person like what is your favorite wrestling company to watch i think a big chunk you know more than 50 percent would say wwe there'd be you know a good sizable chunk for new japan a good sizable chunk for ring of honor um you know there'd be a you know stuff there for triple a cmll but i don't think mcw might have a better approval rating right now i think <laughs> i think if you ask the fans i mean people would rather watch mcw or you know beyond or pwg or any of these progress icw yeah, i mean any of these you go around indies. the world i i feel like gfw has a very false sense of importance right now yeah and and this is nothing against their talent they do actually have some really good talent like I, I was not, saying. yeah guys like ec3 guys like bobby lashley moose is there i mean across the board they have some really good eddie edwards is there they have some really good talent there the issue is not the talent. The issue has never been the talent. No, no, no. And I'm not saying it's nobody's favorite wrestling company because it sucks or anything. I'm just saying for 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 a person to buy a monthly subscription service, it would almost have to be your favorite wrestling company or close to it. And yeah, I, I, I think... I don't think they have the fan base that would do it. You know, I'm sure that they've... Obviously, they've lasted longer and had a more successful run than ECW ever did, the original ECW. But I think every ECW original fan at the time, if they were offered, would have bought a streaming service if it existed. They fought tooth and nail to get ECW on pay-per-view. Yeah. I cannot imagine there are many GFW fans out there that would be willing to call and do all the work for that. It's just like, oh, there's no pay-per-view? Yeah, ECW had street teams in every city where it was popular and there's just not that passion from the GFW fans. And, you know, I don't know why that is. It could be because it's too similar to other things that are offered. So it's not servicing a specific niche. Um, but you know, Hey, if your favorite wrestling company is the former TNA is GFW email us, let me know. Cause I'm very interested. I have many questions for you. <laughs> I, the first question is why? Yes. Um, and the second question is, do you even have Pop TV? Um, <laughs> and how do you have Pop TV? I have Pop TV. You do. I wow. turn on I turn on Impact every now and then, and I can't watch it. You for know, very arguably long. the storylines have been better since Jarrett took over. Of course, they had issues with Alberto Patron uh, and everything he went through. He's still suspended. He's still suspended, and they had to. That was kind of one of their major storylines. Now, you know, they have Jeff Jarrett. And Bruce Pritchard and Dutchman Tail involved in these major storylines, and Jeff Jarrett, and they're going to have to, I, I assume, stop that or pull that. Um, you know, there's talk that they're just going to move away completely and ditch that, which isn't good, seeing as you have their biggest event of the year, Bound for Glory, right around the corner. This time last year, TNA was all the buzz yeah. because they had the hottest storyline in pro wrestling that you could really figure out and one year later they've lost the talent for behind that storyline they've lost the creative forces behind that storyline the whole company has changed and it came out in a really bad light i think most wrestling fans are holding it against gfw i'm sure they are and i i and i i can tell you they are because they know that if WWE had the rights to it, they would be using broken gimmick, the broken gimmick right now, yeah. which is all they ever, which is all people wanted. Now, I love seeing the Hardys back in WWE. I know I do not get bored of that. No, they are great even as a nostalgia act, but 
they are so below their potential as a nostalgia act. Yeah. I thought it was a great way to bring them in, but now we're in September, and that broken gimmick looks real nice right now, but you can't use it. And I tell you that you wonder if somebody, if people in Stanford are just like, well, let them go under because suddenly that gimmick becomes available. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And you mentioned you mentioned it earlier that you know the library, a certain gimmick or two. Um, there's so many good things that WWE or other companies could do with that sort of stuff, but you, it just makes you wonder about GFW because. I never thought that I would see them below something like Lucha Underground. And Lucha Underground is such a niche product. Mm -hmm. It is the hardcore of hardcore wrestling fans that are really into Lucha Underground at this point. Because I think some of the initial buzz is really worn off. Yeah. But they still put out a very different and interesting product. GFW doesn't. GFW still feels like WWE light. Yeah. Lucha Underground is different. And that's key because I think... You can watch it, and it can appeal. Even when I watch it, it, it's appealing to something else. It's not mass appeal worthy, certainly, but it it does have that niche. And and the difference is, Lucha Underground felt like such a grassroots type thing. If, for instance, they got canceled or a TV station didn't pick them up and they went out of business, it would be like, well, that was a fun ride. But if GFW does it, then it's a failure. You know, but it's kind of the longest failure waiting to happen. And I hate to say it because I want the company to stay alive. I want it to succeed. And they I want it to, be, you know, be where it was when it was pulling, you know, good ratings. And they had they were on Monday nights. Maybe, you know, well, maybe, maybe before more. Monday maybe. nights. I would say about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah. when it was before Hulk Hogan. When I would watch it back then, and I would go, "Wow, this is." actually better than I watched, what the WWE is doing at the time. I watched TNA every week, and that was with Raw and with SmackDown, and I did not complain. I, there were some things I didn't... I thought they were doing poorly, but they provided a product that felt a bit more fresh, and they had really easy superstars and wrestlers to like. Superstars. Yeah. I watched so much WWE. I mean, they, um, they took guys like AJ Christian. Styles. And Christian built them. Christian, and that was one of the things too, and I think that hurt them in a way because you had Christian who was in the mid card in WWE, and he comes to TNA and he's immediately world champion. Yeah, like in that level, in a way that hurts them because by giving in to what the fans who really liked Christian wanted so quickly, it became a situation where wait, wait a minute. So he comes to your company and he's immediately the best when he wasn't even like top ring over right. there. And they did that a lot. And it was a lot of guys who, and as much as I love Christian, and I'm glad he did get his world championship run in WWE at one point, short as it may have been, he did finally get it and was, I think, deserving of it at a point in time in his career. It just is bad optics. And it doesn't look good. Every time a WWE talent leaves when they're going down the ladder, they're suddenly on a shorter ladder that, you know, isn't as big as they think it is. You know, it's... And they did good signings. Sting, great move for TNA. Kurt Angle, I mean, there great you go. move for you, TNA. You have it right there. I mean, Kurt Angle has said it. He had a better career in TNA than he did in WWE. He had better matches. And I can tell you, I would love... For that's the reason I actually want WWE to get that library is for three guys: Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Kurt Angle. Because yeah. putting I, those box sets would suddenly be so good to have with those three people, just to have the library of all their matches. Styles alone, like what you could do with that. Now, the thing with a library is just because you own the library, do you own all the licenses to all the characters? Because can you suddenly start showing Abyss matches? And can you suddenly start showing James Storm matches? Yeah. If you if you own the tape library, you can sell it. If you, if you truly own it, you can profit off of it. It doesn't matter what those guys are doing currently, um, but as long as you own it, you can do it. And I know that that's been a big debate over the years. I remember uh, reading about Jesse Ventura, you know, suing and saying, hey, you have to pay me for this. And they did. They lost in court. But, uh, you know, enough guys just 
don't put up a hassle to get their cut of it, but they could still do it even with them. They would just have to, to pay out. But I don't know well, how it would work if they bought TNA's library. Would they have to pay the current TNA guys who are shown in that royalties? I'm not sure of that. Well, that's the trick, and that's what that's why it makes me wonder if WWE would actually pull the trigger because even if they did and they had a situation where they, they buy it, they put it all in the network within six months. They go through, they categorize everything. Impact from like 2005, you can go back and watch AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Right. You know, you can go watch those matches. Well, what do you do then? Because they're currently being, they're still currently being sued by Demolition and others for their use on the network and how right. those guys feel that they're not getting paid when WWE is making money off their name, and that hasn't been figured out yet. I think that's really important for that to be wrapped up before they would consider buying a library like TNA's because at this point, that library is is poor choice of words, but polluted with a lot of guys they've never paid before. Now yeah. they're paying guys like Styles. Okay, that's an easy explanation. Jeff Hardy, no problem. But what about guys you've never had in your company before? Guys like Abyss. You know, what what do you do in that situation? And I don't know. I don't or guys we that don't have know what passed the le- away. Do you pay their families, you know? Um and, and another thing you brought up, uh do would they put the not so great moments of Jeff Hardy's career from TNA on, seeing as I guess their thought process is Kids are watching Jeff Hardy. Kids only know Jeff Hardy from our product. Do we want them to see the, what was it, Sacrifice or whatever match that was against Sting? Do we want that on the network? Victory Road. Victory Road. So Yeah, we, you and I went back and watched that again a few months ago. It's and rough. It's, it's not an easy watch. No. Um, it's especially now knowing all the context and everything. Because I, I watched it live. I remember watching it live. Because it seemed that like was a right, dream match. That Jeff was, Hardy versus Sting. And that was right towards the end of my TNA pay-per-view buying, which was lasted a couple of years. Um, and they were... It was such a weird thing to watch happen live because you really... You didn't know. You had no idea what was going on. And you knew, as an at that point, as an adult wrestling fan, you know something's not right. But you don't understand what it is. And it was the stories that come out afterwards. And, you you know, you see Sting, like, somebody yells at Sting, like, you know, we deserve better or something like that. Or, you know, something along those lines. He's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, something along those lines. And you can it hear him. It was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable. And the one thing about watching it now is that we now, we have the hindsight to know that Jeff Hardy's gotten his life together. Right. And, you know, is he has family now his his own family now and everything's much better better headspace for him but that was that was a rough moment but let's move on to something more chipper and um well we had a funny uh funny moment on the second night of bola if you want to talk about that i haven't seen or heard much because i know i know battle los angeles just happened and i don't PWG is the one thing I I hear about what happens if especially with Bola like a week or two later. So anything you tell me is something I'm going to learn for the first time ex- unless it was in the intro. Well, um well I did mention that Ricochet won. Yes. Uh he he beat Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee in the finals it. in a three-way match that I was amazing. I heard a decent amount of amazing. people picking Keith Lee to win Battle of yeah. Los Angeles. Well, you Man, know, Ricochet is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever won it twice, so Ricochet did that. He was the first person to do that. Um, but on the second night, the main event of the second night of Bola was a six-man tag between the Elite, that would be the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. And they took on uh, Penta, uh, Ray Phoenix, and Flamita. And less than two minutes into the match, the ring broke. And they finish the match on the broken ring. Um, now, like I said, this has nothing to do with Kenny Omega's meniscal injury. This was an old injury. He was being careful with it anyway. Now, when you say the ring broke, do you mean one of the ropes broke? Ropes and, like, boards sticking up. 
Now, oh, I have Now, I seen wasn't this. there live. Please continue as I look <laughs> for a picture. I wasn't there live, and PWG notoriously is not immediately forthcoming with footage. Yeah, they're really stingy with that footage, because they want, they want you to buy that DVD. And it's well worth buying it. PWG is a great great show always i mean they build themselves as the, the greatest wrestling on planet earth or something along those lines um so and they live up to it but um i think that was pretty funny um that if if the ring's gonna break on any guys i think the people that can handle it best is the young bucks and kenny omega <laughs> well they'll if they weren't trying to be funny before i'm sure they were by the end of that match because that stuff that stuff happens and you're absolutely right Finding images of this is near impossible. Yeah, they're um, pretty. They're pretty tight-lipped. The other thing about Bola this year is um, it was more or less 100% indie guys. I mean, the biggest names on there were the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and though they are big names in wrestling, they're not you know huge names. Um, this was mostly like an indie guy through and through tournament, uh, which was really cool to see. Which is. What Bola largely is, yeah, um, that's not that's not really surprising. Uh, there, if you remember, way back when Cody Rhodes first went onto the independent scene, he um, he had his infamous list. On his list was Bola. He then competed in Bola that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bola is a really big deal with the wrestlers. It's like the way I've heard it described is it is a wrestler's independent wrestler's paradise. Like that's the show you go to. That's that's your like it, it's like the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl put together, yeah. except for it actually matters all the way around. <laughs> and it's the biggest show PWG does. And PWG in and of itself has become like the super niche independent uh, promotion, which PWG's been around for a while, mm-hmm. but. Their shows, they only ever work out of one building, and it always sells out every time they announce a show. Well, and yeah, there's it's... no air conditioning, and it's like it's it's like ECW without all the unnecessary violence and blood. Yeah, most I mean, of the time, it, it's 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 a lot like that. And it's in Reseda, California, so they get a lot of celebrities. Um, the place where they hold it only holds four to five hundred people, and so like, and the tickets are really hard to get. And so like a thing like Bola. It's three nights in a row. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it'll be sold out three days in a row, um, just because it's it's that popular and it is their biggest show of the year. And they went out with a bang. It's really risen to be the um, prominent indie tournament. If you even want to put any kind of modifiers on it, it's just the biggest tournament in wrestling in the United States. I would say. Yeah, I'm. I'm not finding any pictures of this. I'm not finding. Um, well, maybe that's it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm. I'm really once, digging. Once we verify that we've gotten pictures of this, we'll post it on the over the barricade uh, social media pages. That is a lot um, of pressure on me because I don't know how long <laughs> this is going to take to happen. Uh, it doesn't have to be tonight. It could be in the next week or so. We'll have to. We'll have to see because it's. It's. It's kind of nutty at the moment. Also, um, going on, this is Northern California. This is APW All Pro Wrestling, um, made famous by the Beyond the Mat documentary in the late 90s with Roland Alexander, who uh, has passed away at this point. Um, But they will be hosting uh, the tag team reunion of Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro, who is now Johnny Mundo or... John Hennigan. Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. Um, (laughs) John Impact. They will be hosting the reunion of the tag team M&M minus Molina. So I guess that's just Uh, (laughs) NM. But yeah, that's uh, that's coming up soon. Uh, And speaking of Johnny Mundo, he has, uh, at Triple Mania, he won the Triple A Triple Crown in a three-way ladder match. Um, so he is now holding those titles he can add to his closet of championships, which is getting pretty full right now. I'm I'm on APW's website right now, and their picture for their Halloween show is uh, Jack Swagger. Mm-hmm. He's going by a different name, but everybody's still promoting him as Jack Swagger. 
Yeah, um, Halloween Hell is one of the major events in um, in APW. They've actually blown up pretty well this year. They did a Cow Palace show with like thousands of people. I heard about that actually. I, I found the event you're referring to, the Gym Wars in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Their uh... Gym Wars is like their weekly slash monthly regular show, like Dojo Wars for CZW. CZW. Yeah. A friend of the show, Killian McMurphy, is regularly... Yeah, a few uh, friends of the show. ...on Dojo Wars. That we'll have to have on the show. Yes, we will. Now that Cheap Seat Studios is pretty much finished in its new location, we will need to uh, put together some more guests. Um, We have a a few suggestions for those, if they will take our calls. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else on that list that we really, really have to get to? Um, or that we should get to because we have a we have a duty to the listeners. I mean, the sexy star situation, which I've talked about a few times. It's, oh it's, yeah, we haven't gotten in depth with that. It's, it's this I was super interested in because I've never seen somebody blackballed so quickly. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. So basically, I think that'll that I think that'll be what we end on today because that is crazy i went and i saw the footage by the way yeah uh triple mania had all sorts of negative news stories for a lot of people yeah it 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 was i mean it ended on a high note with the uh dr wagner jr versus psycho clown uh mask versus mask match psycho clown was the face by the way by the way um (laughs) But yeah, so basically what happened was there was a four-way, um, it's called Queen of Queens, which is their women's championship for AAA. Um, there was a four-way match, and in it, Sexy Star, who's on Lucha Underground, or was on Lucha Underground, um, had Rosemary in an arm bar and basically, you know, cinched it in. 100% legitimately. Yeah, she really torqued the arm. Really she did. She actually did, and it was, the bell was rung, and she continued to torque on the arm. Yeah, and so she she tore, or, or pulled Rosemary's elbow out of socket. And since then, there's been conflicting stories. First she said, first Sexy Star said, um, I felt like all the other girls were shooting on me, so the only thing I could do in return is shoot on them. Then, you know, some backlash came. She said, no, actually, I didn't lock it in. I lock it in that way all the time. It was it was worked. It wasn't real. And I didn't even know Rosemary was injured until all this stuff came out. So there's conflicting stories coming out. Um, but it, it looks to be there was I don't know what was going on in her head, but it, it there's no way around it. There's no it's not like. I punch you and my sense of distance is off and I accidentally punch you pretty hard in the face. Th- th- then I can say I'm sorry. But if I'm locking in a hold and you're giving me your body and I take that liberty with you and even after the match is over, you don't let go, there's really no way you can apologize for that. Um, and then when your stories don't match up, that just makes you look more and more suspect. So I had mentioned, you know, Cody Rhodes. He said, Sexy Star will never be in a locker room of mine. Um, that's pretty bad because <laughs> um, he has a lot of pool around wrestling. Yeah, around he, he's made a good name for himself on the independent scene. You really, really don't want to uh, don't yeah. want to push. Uh, Joey Ryan has come out against her road dogs. I mean, just tons and tons and tons of negative, uh, feedback. A lot of people, you know, backing Rosemary. Um, some people say it's a work. I don't think it is. Um, I think it's just a bad situation. And, you know, a lot of people, Sammy Callahan, all these people are basically saying we have to be the generation where this crap stops in nicer words. Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is not a new thing. People shooting on each other in wrestling. It's in fact a very old thing. It was used for various reasons throughout the years, mainly to scare people off, or you know, people had backstage heat, so you took liberties with them. They were new, whatever. Um, but it's really it has no place in modern pro wrestling. 
And it doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you tough. It doesn't make you anything like that. It just makes you, you know, a idiot, basically. Um, and people will get mad at you, and rightfully so. You will be blackballed from a lot of pro wrestling promotions. Um, we'll see how Sexy Star comes out of this. I'm sure she'll still have a career somewhere. But it's certainly a demerit on her career as a whole. And like all these people are saying, this generation of wrestling hopefully is the one that stomps out this behavior because we are working together. We are putting each other's lives and bodies and health in each other's hands. And you can really mess somebody up permanently if you are an idiot and you don't treat them with respect. Yeah, so essentially the the story, the most recent story I had heard before we started talking about it was that Sexy Star was under the belief uh, basically, it was supposed to be a one-on-one match, and then it was changed to a four-way match mm-hmm. uh, from what Sexy Star has said, and I believe that's been corroborated. Uh, the other two women, not Sexy Star, not Rosemary, started going a little bit harder than they were supposed to in the match. And, for, again, this is the explanation that I've heard. Uh, Sexy Star started giving it back to him. Rosemary was apparently the only one who wasn't, who kind of stayed out of it. And then... Wrote, the finish was Sexy Star submitting Rosemary. That was the whole planned finish. Everything was going fine until Sexy Star got too heated and torqued on the arm of Rosemary, not real, not considering the fact that Rosemary wasn't the issue in that match. Yeah. Now, everybody's done their commenting. Rosemary called out Sexy Star, and now basically Sexy Star has been thrown under the bus by just about every big independent name that and, had it. And AAA itself has stripped Sexy Star of the championship, of the women's championship, the Reina de Reinas. Sexy Star has since come out and released an incredibly long statement. In Spanish. In Spanish. And this was on, this was earlier this week. And I was just perusing through it very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was a whole lot of, she's lying. She was not injured. Victim blaming. Now she's injured. I don't understand. I'm now being told I'm now getting a lot of harassment. This has been bad. I will say Sexy Star has been has probably been harassed online for oh, this. Yeah. And not to say anybody deserves it, but when you go into business for yourself and if you look at the finish of that match, that's what it looks like is happening by somebody who's clearly not in the match. I can understand where everyone's coming from. And when there's video and it's then your word versus the other person's word and the other person has video evidence, it doesn't end well for you. So, I don't know what's going to be Sexy Star's future at this point. Because... Yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from. And, yeah, I just... I don't know... I don't know what you do at this point. Um, we'll, we'll see Hopefully. where... We'll see where their two careers go from here. Uh, but I'd say at this point... It doesn't seem like these two are ever going to agree on what exactly happened. And I, I'd i say Sexy Star is probably at the end of her. Uh, I don't know. It could go either way. You know, they could book this into a big angle. I mean, certainly real life things have turned into that before. Um, and they've made good money off them. But who knows where it'll go. I'm sure everyone will have their little parody of it. You know, whether that's Ronda Rousey and the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE, maybe if they emulate it there, maybe. Um, I mean, personally, I would like it to just not be glorified at all. Um, but, hey, it happens. And, you know, I'm just now with social media and, and everyone's eyes on it, it's not people aren't getting away with it. Well, everybody can also release their opinion immediately. Yeah. And, 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 and you see the opinion of other people who you respect. You know, you respect Cody Rhodes, Sammy Callahan, Road Dog. you know, all these people. So you you are more apt to take their word for it than not who... I mean, you know, Sexy Star does have her supporters, but maybe not on the same echelon as Rosemary's. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. We I did kind of want to just touch on for like five seconds last week. We talked a lot at the end about John Jones and the potentiality of the John Jones Brock Lesnar match happening in WWE now because John Jones had tested positive for steroids. Um, the plot thickens in that little story with one test 
I think your phone is setting off the recording. That's interesting. Um, one test, <laughs> uh, the urine test positive for the steroid, the blood test not, but apparently it's not one that's tested for in the blood test. Um, so the A and B samples disagree, and you know it could take as long as six weeks uh, to a couple months for this situation to be ironed out. So we'll keep you up to date with that when more updates come out, but right now it's just kind of a mess. Very quickly, because I know we're we're at time here, uh, and we're a wrestling podcast, not an MMA podcast. John oh. Jones has been popped multiple times at this point. Oh, so more tests have come back. No, 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 no. Not for this specific incident. Okay. He has been popped for, for drug use and for various different things multiple times over his career in the last five to ten years. At this point, when do you stop taking... When do you stop? This is one of those situations where pattern of behavior and history very much work against the guy. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I You can't go back and test him again, but when both samples don't line up, it's he could be fine. But, you know, I mean, it, where it ties in is if he's not going to be able to fight in MMA for four years... One has to think that he's going to do something in pro wrestling. I mean, he's just not going to go away. He he wants the spotlight. If he can do something, you know, if this clears up and they say, well, it was just bad samples, then we'll see him fight Lesnar next year. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. Yeah, it is. It's it's a bit strange to yeah. to to say the well, least. But we know Lesnar's we... we know Lesnar's still in WWE. That hasn't changed, and that they're won't gearing until up WrestleMania. They're gearing up for their uh, No Mercy matchup. That's um, true. How can we end on a good note? We don't have to worry about a pay per view this week. That's true. Although I know, don't know if that's necessarily a good note. That's not content. We, we for did us. we did have some good matches this week on WWE television. We had a. Uh, Big Show versus Braun Strowman in a cage match that was which good. I wasn't expecting a Big Show Braun Strowman rematch. Like, where did that come from? And but it worked suddenly in a steel cage. Like, yeah. wh- where is the promotion for these things? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Maybe I missed it. Like, I don't know. Like, do I have to read every WWE tweet to know of, what's going on? It's kind of a double-edged sword because sometimes they promote things and it makes you interested, and then sometimes they promote things and it becomes the re-debut of Dolph Ziggler. Sort of. So, that was awful. That, it was awful. That was a terrible segment. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the Bailey. This is your life segment from Alexa Bliss. Bad, but not far above it. Not terribly far above it. I, I thought they were going somewhere, and it's one of those things where it would have been one thing if the fans cared initially when Dolph Ziggler came out, but them not caring and then him pointing out that they didn't care just made me not care. Yeah, it was a I, whole lot of not caring. And you and I agree. He, maybe he should just be Nikki uh, Lee. Nikki Lee Sticks, Sticks from, from uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling. That's how we can end on a good note. Six new episodes of Southpaw Regional Wrestling just dropped last week. Brought to you by Old Spice. They're pretty great. Check it out. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is that is true. We will add, We will end with a promotion for something we're not getting paid for. Not yet. Not ever, not yet, <laughs> not not yet. Probably not ever. Well, um, you know, can you announce anything about upcoming appearances? Yeah, uh, September sixteenth, I will be in Dover, Delaware, for Rampage Pro Wrestling. Come check it out. It's at the Delaware Ag Museum. And September 29th, I will be back in Denton, Maryland, for Adrenaline Championship Wrestling at the Denton Fire Hall. Always a good time. Both those places love working for those companies. They have the best and brightest indie wrestlers in the mid-atlantic go check it out um you can contact the over the barricade social media you can go to my social media or those companies social media to get your tickets reasonably priced a lot of entertainment and you know check it out i can't say more if you don't check it out i will beat you up how about that that seems very mean. (laughs) that seems very mean i would like to just point out for that acw show there was a relatively big announcement that's that was true. made, which I wasn't expecting. Um, Sanjay Dutt, which you mentioned him earlier in the show in our I GFW did. discussion. I planted San- a little seed. Sanjay Dutt will be appearing at that Denton show. 
That's true. Um, his match has already been signed, so uh, unfortunately, it's not against you. But or fortunately, <laughs> but uh, hold on, I would like to point out that's two really good reasons to go to this show: see Sanjay Dutt and Lee Brando. That's true. I was going to go anyways, but this is actually a really cool deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really good time to watch ACW for many reasons. I wonder how Doyle Day is going to feel because I have a feeling this is the main event and he Doyle Day is going to get himself a championship match. I think he's going to complain. I, I, and I think he deserves to. I think he has earned the <laughs> Wait a right second. to. Are you a Doyle Day mark? Don't tell me I've been sitting next to a Doyle Day mark for six months. I'm not saying I'm a Doyle Day mark, but every man has his day. And his day is a Doyle Day. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah! Tell me the recording stopped. (laughs) It did not, but we're going to end it now. Stay tuned for the plugs. Uh, We will catch you next week, and uh, we'll have to do a little bit more promoting of these upcoming shows that you're doing. We will. September is going to be a big month. It's going to be a good month, and uh, I guess that's our our first episode from the new Cheap Seat Studios 2.0. Brand new Cheap Seat Studios, which are almost finished. I'm almost done. It's good. I like it. All right. So that'll do it. Stay tuned for the plugs. We'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for over the barricade podcast on iTunes and Google play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.